following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 262nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, with whom we will delve deeply into college football. And speaking of college football, that leads right into my highlight of the week, which was the Ohio State-Michigan game on Saturday afternoon. Truly one of the greatest games in college football history. It was just the highest of high drama. Number two and three teams, ranked teams going at it. And uh, it never felt like Ohio State would win until they did, which was in double overtime on a, uh, on a run by Curtis Samuel, about 15 yards. But uh, that was preceded, of course, by the now famous fourth down spot. Uh, JT Barrett, uh, Ohio State going for it on fourth down, down three. So they eschewed the field goal. Uh, they went for it all and, uh, crazy play. He went to his left and basically got tackled and then ran into the back of his own player who was being hit at the same time by a Michigan player. And it was for Barrett, like hitting a brick wall and he went right down, but it appeared he broke the plane, debatable, controversial, to put it mildly, uh, if just for the briefest of brief moments. But when he hit the back of his teammate, he certainly fell down behind. The, uh, the yellow line on the TV, uh, and speaking of that, unless I missed it, and I replayed it a couple times on my DVR, uh, they never brought out the chains that I could see, which just really surprised me. Again, it's conceivable I could have missed it, but I don't think I did. Uh, it certainly didn't seem to show it in replay. It, of course, went up to a booth review, and they come down and said the call stood, which was the first down. But, uh, you know, I always thought chains were just automatic, 
They may be archaic, but they have been automatic for decades, forever, in both college football and the NFL. Uh, so I was surprised to uh, not see them bring them out. They just went right to review, which, of course, is uh, somewhat subjective, given uh, the angles and whatnot, uh, unless you have a camera right on that line. Tough to call, and apparently someone that was right on that line was Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, and boy, he just went off after the game on the officiating. Uh, he didn't let it go. He was like a dog on a pant leg. They were replaying highlights of the press conference, and there was appeared to be no less than a dozen comments. He just kept coming back to it, back to it, back to it, from everything I could tell from the snippets I was seeing. And uh, I like Harbaugh. He's a little crazy, but I think he's really good and fun for college football. And uh, But I thought in this particular case, it was for him a bad look. I was surprised. I don't remember him ever doing this type of thing. But then again, he uh, hasn't coached many Many games that were more important than this one. That includes uh, NFC Championship games. Um, but, you know, I thought his team just played a terrific, terrific game. Again, they pretty much dominated the game. It felt from the outset, like, again, that they were going to win. It never felt like Ohio State was going to win that game until Curtis Samuel crossed the goal line in double overtime. Um I mean, Michigan made many big plays, uh, especially, you know, uh, Wilton Speed converting that uh, fourth down play for a touchdown, descended into the double overtime. That was incredible. Um, He did throw a couple of picks, had a fumble on the goal line, so there was a whole lot of plays going on to say the least uh ohio state had an equal number of miscues so but you know that just added to the drama to say the least so i just thought it was special really again one of the greatest games in college football history hard to believe first game ever between these two have been played for like 100 years or more that it went into overtime and that of course opened uh you know Opened the door for Penn State uh, by virtue of Ohio State's victory to win the Big Ten East Championship, which they did with a resounding victory. Another second half uh, comeback performance. They were down 12-10 at halftime, but turned it on. Outscored Michigan State 35-0 in the second half and ran away with it. And say what you will, pretty impressive that they they are in the Big Ten East championship game they won the big 10 east ahead of michigan and ohio state so quite an accomplishment uh we'll get into what it all means when ap stedham joins the line here in a few minutes and he's our college football expert so we'll talk about uh penn state and how the final four and the committee's rankings are all going to unfold here so my low light of the week is notre dame uh, falling apart both on and off the field. They hit a new low on the field in the USC loss. Uh, unsportsmanlike 
penalties, completely looked undisciplined, and oh, by the way, they got blown out. So they're at four and eight, obviously no bowl, uh, just a horrendous, embarrassing season for Notre Dame. And speaking of embarrassing, uh, this past week also featured the NCAA coming down hard and vacating uh, a whole lot of wins from a few years back due to an academic cheating scandal. so Brian Kelly, rumors out this weekend that he's searching for another job. Uh, so Notre Dame is really, really uh, reaching uh, what I consider an all-time new low point, uh, complete embarrassment on and off the field. My bizarre story of the week was last night's Sunday night football game where the Denver Broncos and Coach Gary Kubiak made a call to try to kick a 62-yard field goal uh, to win the game. And the announcers, Chris Collingsworth and Mike Tirico, the entire time as uh, before the play were saying, you know, what the miss would mean, which basically would meant that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs got the ball on the Denver side of the 50 and how they would only have to drive a very short distance to be in field goal range. That's exactly what happened. And uh, Denver suddenly is out of the playoff picture, if it were to end today. And uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. But uncharacteristic call, tricky. I guess the guy's long, the kicker's long. Uh, Field goal is 57. There was no wind. They did have the altitude factor in their favor, but it wasn't close. Uh, And then the Kansas City kicker won it, of course, a few minutes later by hitting the left upright hard. The ball hit it really hard and then just caromed through behind the uh, uh, the other upright. So it was good. They won. And Kansas City suddenly, uh, Sitting in a pretty good position. They've won, beat both Oakland and Denver on the road. They host them both at Arrowhead. Uh, and suddenly, uh, yeah, they look like they could be a player. They were in the playoffs last year. And uh, so that's going to bear a lot of watching. But uh, I got a feeling that this uh, call to go for the long field goal uh, might come back to haunt the Broncos. So, other NFL news, Tom Brady won his 200th game yesterday, uh, tying Peyton Manning for the most wins ever by a quarterback in the NFL, in NFL history. Pretty awesome. Uh, I think if you had to ask Brady what record he would most want to hold, it would be the one that I'm guessing he's going to set this Sunday when uh, the Patriots host Jared Goff and the Rams here at Gillette Stadium, and uh, Brady can become the winningest quarterback in NFL history. Uh, Speaking of Jared Goff, he had a pretty good game yesterday, three touchdown passes. His first one was a real beauty. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I think if you're the Rams, there was a lot to like from his performance yesterday. Uh, The Saints crushed him. Uh, The Saints' offense was on fire uh, 
But all in all, I think Goff had uh, certainly a representative game. Uh, and as the first overall pick, there's reason for optimism down there. Miami Dolphins, they've won six in a row. Uh, and suddenly they're in the mix big time. And kind of nice to see them, uh, you know, being relevant again, shall we say. The Raiders-Panthers game was just awesome to watch. Uh, back and forth, big leads erased. Uh, but Oakland, as they've been doing all year, pulled it out. And finally, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. speaking of Florida teams like Miami, uh, really handed it to Seattle down at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Uh, they grabbed that game from the get-go and just really shut down Seattle like hardly anybody does uh, in recent years and held on steadily throughout the game. Pretty much established a 14-5 to lead, odd score, and just... Uh, just nailed it. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham at Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we always have guests. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Doing great. Coming off the Iron Bowl weekend. Yes. Well, why don't we just start right there? We're, uh, we... You were there covering it, uh, number one team in the nation, of course, Alabama. So Iron Bowl is a special game. How was it? Yeah, John, the weather was perfect. Uh, Alabama had the, the defense that could stop Auburn's strength. Auburn's one-dimensional one since they didn't have their starting quarterback, and it was the wrong dimension, the running game. I mean, that's Alabama's strength. So they shut right. them down. I think they had 34 yards in the first half, and, they were able to make some field goals, and it was tight, 13-9. to 
you know, have excellent field goal kicker, all-American type from Colorado, Daniel Carlson, and but then Alabama's just warmed down and took over the game, and they hit that magic number, 18, 30 to 12. I, I know those fellows in Las Vegas are pretty sharp. Wonderful. Well, yet another solid victory for our uh, Alabama. And uh, on to the SEC championship game in Atlanta. So you have to be excited about that. Oh, yeah. I think I was reading briefly, I think it's maybe the ninth time those teams have settled the championship in the in the 20-something years. That, that's quite a big number. I didn't realize there were so many, but it, I guess it is. And uh, it would have been, been a more interesting game, I think, if Luke Del Rio was playing for Florida because he was a walk-on at Alabama, the son of Jack Del Rio, the Oakland Raiders coach. and But I'm not sure he's going to be available this week. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so the SEC championship game, I mean, you've been there a few times, obviously, covering Alabama. So uh, it's a big deal. I mean, the, the city of Atlanta owns that event. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, hoopla and excitement getting into Atlanta, right? Yeah, they celebrate the Southeastern Conference. They bring back a legend from each team, 14 different legends. They introduce them at halftime. They also, uh, halftime before the game, and they also have a luncheon or, or banquet that evening. So uh, all the conference members are there in some form or fashion. And the fans from Alabama, just a, a day, you know, a little few hours over there. It's easy for them, easy access. And it's indoors. You don't have to worry about the weather. And uh, so, they're, yeah, they're excited. It's you know, nationally televised, of course, CBS. In the afternoon, it's not late at night. So it's convenient. Right. What time is the game? Like 3.30 Eastern? I think, Eastern? I think, it's, four, I think it's 4 Eastern. 4 Eastern. That's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And, boy, what a lead-in it's going to be to uh, all the other championship games. Uh and that, of course, being the Big Ten Championship with Big Penn State and Wisconsin, as well as the ACC Championship with Clemson and Virginia Tech. But uh, we have, I have to start by asking, were you able to stay abreast of the epic Ohio State-Michigan game on Saturday when you were in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I recall that there was an early miss by Ohio State. It was a short field goal, and I think he's pretty consistent through the year, but he missed one or maybe even more from less than 40 yards. Oh, yeah, he missed one late that was just uh, a bad miss. and then, But he hit the one he had to hit, AP, which yeah. was, you know, the one at the end of the game, regulation to send it into overtime. Given his earlier misses, there was uh, a lot of nervousness in the horseshoe. And uh, where I was watching, which was at a packed Penn State viewing party uh, here in Boston, Penn State Alumni Association. It was really uh, just a great day, you know, because uh, I arrived during the Ohio State-Michigan game given the gigantic impact on, uh, obviously, Penn State-Michigan State game, which immediately followed, and boy, by the time we got to the end of that game, given it was a double overtime, it was completely packed hundreds of Penn State fans and uh, uh, a, a very, very upside-down world with Penn State fans rooting beyond avidly for Ohio State. It was every bit the equal 
enthusiasm-wise and cheering-wise and loudness-wise of watching a Penn State game with the Penn State crowd. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you any Penn Stater who woke up Saturday morning and wrote the script of what they wanted to have happen that day happened exactly the way a Penn Stater would want it. So, uh, yeah, quite a day. And, and just, again, what a game. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the highlights of the uh, controversial fourth down spot when Urban went for it. If they don't make it, it's over and Michigan wins. Yeah. He could have kicked a chip shot field goal to tie it and send it into a third overtime, but it was a great call but uh, by Urban, but yet a uh, controversial call. And I don't know if you were watching it live, AP, but I was, obviously, and uh, you know I taped it and ran it back a couple of times. To my knowledge, AP, they did not bring the chains out on the field, and I was stunned by that. They never, they never measured with the chains. Yeah, in this day and age, John, why not? Right. I, I just thought it was automatic. I mean, we've all grown up on it. Again, I, if I missed it, you, you know, I, I didn't miss it on television. There's no way they showed it on television if they somehow, yeah. some way showed it or did it. And yeah. somehow it didn't make the camera. But I can't imagine that. That, that obviously wouldn't make sense. So I'm, no. I'm going with what I saw. I did not see the chains brought out. They just simply went to review, like any review. And then, you know, a minute or so later, the ref just says, you know, the call on the field stands. And that was that. And off they went. <laughs> Speaking of going off, Jim Harbaugh went off later about it, obviously. But, yeah. again, I, I, I'm stunned that... I, I never saw the chains come out for a measurement. I mean, it's incredible if that, the way it happened and went down because they spend all this money with replays and you know training the officials and they'll they'll criticize them. You know, the league office will fine them, will suspend them for a game if they make some certain mistake. Here's one of the biggest games all year. And you don't bring the chains out. That's mind-boggling. Oh. Absolutely. It's the call of the year. You could make it's one of the calls of the decade. Again, I, one of the best college football games in history, as far as I'm concerned, for drama, meaning, all of it. Uh, I was also interested to see that Ohio State, of course, had a record crowd, including LeBron and the Cavs. Uh, 110,000. I didn't think they could fit that many in there. That's a big house number there. I mean that's in, that's phenomenal. I, yeah, I didn't know that was the number. I know it was jammed. I've, and then they had the Cavaliers on the sideline. But yeah, there's nobody that could be more happy about all those eyes watching the game than the Big Ten Commissioner Jim Delaney. Exactly, exactly. And you know that's a good lead into my next topic, which is obviously the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, I'd have to think Jim Delaney's. You know, pretty happy about that because that is going to be the big game of the weekend, without a doubt, in my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you, you know, yeah. with all due respect to Alabama. Oh, yeah. But the potential chaos, I put it this way, I, I, I've obviously for years made, you know, my Penn State interest known, having grown up within a half an hour of State College and Beaver yeah. Stadium. But that aside... If you're, if you're, uh, if you don't have an allegiance to any school, Penn State, Wisconsin, or many other schools, 
and you're just a big college football fan or sports fan, I have to think you want Penn State to win because of the potential chaos it's going to create and, you know, to get right to the heart of it, you know, put the committee in the unenviable position and what will be an all-time position, you know, decision of, you know, Penn State potentially versus Ohio State for the final four with Penn State having beat them head-to-head and, of course, being a conference championship champion if they beat Wisconsin. I think the whole sporting world who's not, you know, aligned with a team, uh, you know, that's in the hunt, uh, wants to see that because it's going to be one of the more epic decisions ever, and someone's going to be very unhappy. John, I think you frame the dilemma perfectly, and if Penn State is not selected, I believe you're going to bring in the proverbial Philadelphia lawyer to explain. <laughs> yeah, Arlen Specter, right? Bring him back. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, any so. way you slice it, dice it, you know. Uh, right now, and I, what I'm hearing, and I've been listening to everything out there since Saturday night. Uh, you know, it doesn't look real good for Penn State. Basically, uh, you know, needless to say, it elevates the Washington and Clemson games if either of them lose or both of them lose then it opens the door and might make the decision easy for the committee but assuming they win Clemson Washington Ohio State and of course Alabama appear to be the final four and uh and then the rankings some of the rankings that come out yesterday have Michigan at number five still above Ohio or excuse me Penn State and Wisconsin so it's already gotten crazy uh, we get the rankings tomorrow night, so that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, supposedly, John, the committee, they do not pay attention to any rankings. They're a separate right. governing body, and, and they make their own decisions. Right, and I, I agree with you that they don't pay attention to any rankings. And interesting, I mean, they're all going to be in the room on Sunday. That's just going to be, uh, you talk about appointment television, um, that's going to be that, but Again, you know, it, it just gets down to the, in my mind, the number one question in sports, which is just, you know, a head-to-head victory. What does it mean? What will it mean that is setting up for that to be the case? I mean, Penn State has to beat Wisconsin, obviously, and Wisconsin has their own great season going, although they both they lost to both Ohio State and Michigan, so... You know, you can't make this stuff up, AP. There, there, no. There's a, a lot to chew on here, boy. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to have their fingertips uh, and fingernails filed to use that computer. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, that would be the all-time day to be a fly in that room. <laughs> yeah, this, no. uh, this is the this is what I think people around the country have been waiting for uh, for decades because exactly. You, you hear about it on the basketball committee, you know, the 69th team. Well, they don't get in. There's five of them that are the same. You have to take one. You Correct. Know, you, you can take five to five to ten probably at 69. But this is football. Lives are changed and legends are made with these decisions. It's not like basketball. This is, and I always try to point that out to people. This is this is not basketball. Correct. Oh yeah, this is this is a whole lot different. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe it's 
quickly time for our break. Uh, we have a whole lot more to get to. It was quite the college football weekend, uh, to say the least. But why don't we do that uh, on the other side of this break? Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we're talking about the momentous decision that the college football playoff committee will be facing. Uh, Again, I've been listening to everything that's out there for the last uh, 36 hours. And, uh, you know, what fascinates me and what a lot of people have pointed out is, and it's a good one, is that... uh, you know, the committee apparently is together all day long on Saturday down there in Dallas. They're going to be watching all that football, including Alabama, obviously, and everybody else in their conference championship games. And, you know, the, the one team, and in fact, two teams they're not going to be seeing are is Ohio State, most importantly, but even Michigan. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be on the screen. So it leads to the obvious question of, of just, you know, Will what they see? Will what they see on TV perhaps influence their decision? I think it will potentially. You know, out of sight, out of mind has never been more important than this Saturday. John, uh, I think you've probably heard of the phrase "judicial temperament." Correct. And judicial temperament means they're not a fan. They're beyond that type of enthusiasm and any bias. So they're supposed to look at the body of work. They're not supposed to be influenced by the instantaneous moment of right. what we last saw on television. So 
they, they, they're, they're supposed to be above and beyond reproach. That's what they've been preaching, integrity of this committee. So I would be very, very disappointed if I heard through any type of source that, well, I was influenced by the game on Saturday or whenever they play the championship game for, that, for a conference. Yep. Well, that's a good point. That's a very good point. You're right. I don't disagree in any way, shape, or form. You can't help but wonder, though, we're all still human, and, and including them. And, uh, yeah. you know, if I'll just throw out a for instance, because I clearly the most interesting thing in all of this, uh, the big question is, you know, if it comes down to Ohio State versus Penn State, adding, keeping one or both potentially. Uh, but it's the head-to-head matchup uh, of Penn State beating Ohio State, the essence of sports, and... Uh, you know, theoretically, if Penn State does in the second half to Wisconsin what they did to Michigan State, which is outscore them 35 to nothing, and Penn State, as we all know, has just become this dynamic second-half team, uh, you know, it sticks with you. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, no yeah, no, yeah, no matter how mind. objective in, you are. You, you, yeah, you, it's in you your know. consciousness. And, and, John, somebody said to me the other day, I think it was Saturday, that it, when you read over the guidelines, I think that I'm not sure if they turn to the tiebreakers like head-to-head conference championship unless they think the teams are comparable. It's kind of a Correct. little phrase in there, right? So what if That's they don't a, think Ohio State or Penn State's comparable and they don't? Refer to is that going to be the the, the uh, main explanation for why one or the other is not chosen? And it very well might be because I think uh, Kirby Holcutt basically said that uh, last week. Uh, he's the college football playoff committee spokesperson on ESPN every Tuesday night when they vote, and he basically said Ohio State at number two and Penn State at number seven were not comparable. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, I mean, no, that's a key word. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, Ohio State has beat, it has a three and one record against the top 10 teams in the college football playoff ranking. So, you know, there, there's no question their strength of schedule is probably the best in the country. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, again, there's just so much to chew on, so many angles. Uh, I, I, you know, John, I, I think when they make that point that you just made, it starts to sound like basketball. Right. Because in the world of football, if you line up and whip somebody, you don't get another chance home and away. You don't get a chance in the conference tournament uh, normally, normally. And right. In football, coaches, they know one thing. We beat the other person. That's it. Well said. Um, yeah, so it's just going to be fascinating. And again, I'll go back to just what I was saying in the previous segment, which is simply that, you know, if you if you don't have a horse in the race, but you're just <laughs> a, a fan, yeah. you you got to just want to have the committee have to make this choice yeah. of Penn State Having one head-to-head versus Ohio State, you know, uh, with Ohio State having, you know, being a number two, strength of schedule, and just have the committee make the decision and, and then, of course, justify it. Uh, obviously, University of Washington 
is watching. Uh, you know, they it see it feels like and seems like it's Washington or Penn State's going to get left out. It seems like Ohio State yeah. is a near lock, but I don't know that you can assume that. But some people seem to be saying that. Yes, they seem to have insulated themselves with comments leading up to this decision. That's that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. I mean, here we are all excited for conference championships games. You're going to one. Um, and, you know, Ohio State is just sitting on the sidelines for all of this. It's just a bizarre circumstance, not to mention Michigan. Again, I just, I'm repeating myself, but I just think it's uh, it, it's priceless stuff. Like, again, you can't make it up. It's no. just too bizarre. No. If you just said before the season, mm-hmm. like, and you wouldn't even have to get specific with naming other teams, but if you just said, you know, <laughs> Ohio State and Michigan will, will, you know, their seasons will be done, and they won't be, and, and they'll be watching the Big Ten championship game on TV like the rest of us. <laughs> you would have laughed at that. And then yeah. if you said furthermore, but one, if not both of them, are still like, you know, pretty much a lock to make the final four. If you said that statement in September, nobody would have believed it. So it's going to be fun. It really is. Uh, you know, and now we should, and again, you know, I don't want to in any way disrespect Wisconsin. I've watched their games specifically yes. against both Ohio State and Michigan. They're a great team. Yes. And, you know, this is in no way meant to think that Penn State's about to roll over them. Uh, I'm only using Penn State, given my personal history, as well as, you know, the head-to-head victory over Ohio State as differentiating the two. Uh, but Wisconsin is, you know, if they win... You know, everything I said about Penn State could apply to Wisconsin without the, of course, head-to-head victory over Ohio State. So uh, there'll be a big decision there, too, if Wisconsin wins. Oh, yeah. And, and John, most people have a distaste for the word politician, but I think some people have brought up the uh, notion that a couple years back when the championship came down to Alabama and LSU, Jim Delaney was throwing darts at, at that matchup because Alabama had not won their division or they did not win the conference championship. But he's been very silent on that matter, as you could imagine. Yes, yes. Uh, it's interesting. I actually heard over the weekend, and you would be able to verify this. I, I, I probably knew it at the time but forgot it. But they basically said that the Alabama... LSU rematch of a few years back in the national championship game where Alabama blew them out is what led to the creation of the college football committee. I would think so. I, I mean, I think that helped it. Uh, they've been trying to have this playoff since, I mean, I, I read story, a story one time I was going through an old newspaper, 1969, and, they, and it was the story was they will not have a, a college football playoff this year. And I just was, you know, laughing so hard. They've been trying for that long, at least, that I know of. I, I saw that in print. But, yes, I, I would think that they wanted that human element. They went through the analytics, and people didn't like that situation, how it worked out with Alabama and LSU. So now when you have that human input, there's that wiggle room to 
to direct it the way the committee would like it to be done. Whether it's conspiracy, you know, it's not conspiratorial, but but maybe something like that influences the committee members. Right. Well, you, of course, uh, struck the right chord and hit the right year with 1969. Uh that, of course, was the famous year, the all-time controversial year, where, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm going to say, President Nixon flew right. down to Little Rock and awarded the national championships to Texas after they beat Arkansas, yeah. and of course, Penn State sitting there undefeated with, I think, a 30-game winning streak intact, right. Right. and players, you know, from Jack Ham to yeah. Franco Harris, those types of players on their team, and... Right. You know, uh, oh, yeah. they were left. They were left out in the cold by Richard Nixon. Oh yeah, you remember the famous quote, John? Joe Paterno said, uh, "Richard Nixon, he knew so little about Watergate, but he knew everything about college football." Exactly. Yeah, that one, that one still resonates in uh, PA, and it's kind of shaping up like uh, we could have a repeat of that, and uh, which would make the sting all the worse down in Pennsylvania, but. Uh, and there's a great show, just let me say that, that I've been watching. You know, it's out recently. You can find it, I'm sure, on demand. Uh, it's called Nixon's National Champions. And it basically is a half an hour show uh, about that very subject. And what I loved about it personally was, you know, growing up and going to Beaver Stadium as a very young kid, it shows a lot of games from Beaver Stadium from the 60s. 1969 specifically, so, you know, the way it used to look when it seated 48,000, and uh, so I, for me, it was just priceless, you know, just to see uh, all those old highlights and films, especially from Penn State, which I was so familiar with, and uh, so just, yeah, just great stuff, and uh, I guess I would... Just say it's looking like 1969, kind of all over again, and you know <laughs> yeah. that's pretty stunning when you're talking almost 50 years down the road. Yeah, here we yeah, are again. Oh yeah, and I did happen to see that um, actually about a week ago. I watched it, oh. I caught it, and I taped it, and I, I watched it. I wanted to uh, to view that specifically because I, I can recall that year vividly, and I wanted to see uh, you know the pers- that perspective from that particular documentary. Exactly, and uh, well, then you know what I'm talking about with like some of those great old highlights and film from you know state college practices, locker rooms, all of it. I, mean, I was just, as you can well imagine, loving it because I lived it. So it was a gr- great show, great show, well done. Yeah, oh yeah, it was. You know, for the time allotted, I think it was as well. Absolutely. Uh, well, AP. Uh, and just as a final note, I mean, I'm sure you like me. I mean, I remember exactly where I was that day, like watching that Arkansas-Texas uh, game. I mean, I remember like literally like it was yesterday. Yeah, they, they flew that helicopter into Fayetteville and yep. all those, you know, politicians were there. And right. The, the helicopter was late. And, uh, yeah, I, I certainly remember it well. Oh, unbelievable. Um well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our third segment. Still have a few other topics to get to uh, on a crazy busy college football weekend. And uh, we'll do that on the other side of this break. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is indeed the Penn State-Wisconsin Big Ten Championship game at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. That triggers chaos, period, almost no matter what the outcome. Uh, But if it's Penn State winning, I think it triggers a little more chaos than it would if Wisconsin wins. But either way, uh, it's the big game of the weekend, I believe. Um, so AP, you know, a lot went on this weekend on and off the field to say the least. Uh, but I do want to touch on just the coaching changes. Uh, you're in the, you're an SEC expert, that whole Tom Herman talking with LSU and, uh, apparently them saying they wouldn't be held hostage, apparently made an outrageous demand or whatever for salary. And before any, next thing you know, Ed Argeron is hired as LSU's coach. He, they removed the interim label. They keep him. He had a successful year after Les Miles was fired. Uh, and of course, Charlie Strong was fired in the morning. Tom hire, Herman's hired by dinner time. After saying the day before, you know, in the day before, he said on national TV, like, the rumors were false, which was surprising for him to say. I just said no comment myself. But, uh, or, I'm focused, or, you know, I'm, just, I'm focusing on Memphis or whatever. Yeah. But it played out, you know, as everybody thought, with a few twists and turns along the way, I think. Yeah, there was, John. I, I was surprised at about, I think there's three things. Number one, that LSU was still trying to make a run in Jimbo Fisher. Right, good point. Um, I think that was the first thing because you should have learned from last year. And then the second thing was I was surprised about the number of final candidates for LSU. 
when they had all this time to do, do their research and reach out to various coaches, whether it be some um, top assistant that you wanted to take a chance on. You know, you, you need a lot of courage to make that decision. And then you're surprised that they eventually uh, hired Ed Orgeron. So those three things uh, came to my mind about the LSU coaching situation. Exactly. Uh, a lot of stories out there. Um, one that Jimbo Fisher wanted a 10-year contract from LSU. Another that Tom Herman, as I referenced, apparently made outrageous uh, salary demands and leading to a statement from someone or someone saying, you know, that LSU would not be, quote, held hostage. To me, what it seems like, and I'm going back a year on this one, AP, that I thought there was, you know, I think there was so much turmoil at the end of last year with LSU apparently firing, but then keeping less miles than they open the season. They fire them right after the Auburn loss, I believe it was, in September. Right. I feel like they just found themselves on Saturday morning or whatever, Friday night, just getting themselves into another sticky situation, a potential bidding war with Texas. I don't think anybody wants to be in that position. No. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like, and, I, and I'm not disagreeing with their decision. I, I think I would have made the same one. I feel like they just fell back into safe mode and just said, let's just, like, we can't do this. You know, I think, it, yeah. again, it goes back to last year, the way it ended so weirdly. Yes. And they just said, you know, let's just play it safe here and get this done by lunchtime. I mean, yeah. we were, we awoke to this news on Saturday morning that Orzron was hired, and that's again. I don't. I, I actually think it was a pretty good move. They, they could not. I don't think get themselves in another kind of crazy situation that oh, by the way, would have alienated Ed Orzron along the way, and I don't think they would have ever won a bidding war with Texas. Yeah, they didn't want that distasteful drama to occur again. And I exactly. wasn't dissatisfied that they hired uh, Ed Orgeron because I'd been saying for a while to different people that if they hired Ed Orgeron, what you would do is manage the uh, the selection of his assistants. That doesn't mean you're dictating. What that means is you have a mutual agreement. I want this assistant coach, and the athletic director wants the same assistant coach. So you come to an agreement. I mean, there's plenty of assistant coaches out there where you can have a choice that will be agreeable to both parties. So he fits the mold. He's one of them. Uh, he will keep that defensive coordinator from had come down from Wisconsin. So that's a plus. You know the, the yep. defense will be good. You know that if they recruit well, that they'll have plenty of athletes. They're the only team that I always feel is comparable to Alabama. Uh, their, their, their issue really is just one side of the football, I think. And it's on offense, and it's particularly with the quarterback. Because they, they can run. So why blow up everything, throw the baby out with the bathwater for one specific issue that you can rectify if you get, as I said, one person makes a difference. You get the right offensive coordinator to coach the offense and then somebody to train the quarterback, whether that's one and the same person or you need a second individual. Correct. And I, it seems like they should be able to get one of these – quarterbacks you know we see a few quarterbacks big time i think trevor knight would be one uh you know that 
transfer from their school so they can get playing time in another school. Um, am I right that Trevor Knight was at Oklahoma and transferred to Texas A&M? Correct. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's, they can get somebody. Uh, I mean, I LSU. <laughs> what quarterback wouldn't want to be their that their quarterback? You know, yeah, like you just introduce them to, to all the offensive linemen. Correct. And just, the star running back that they have. Yeah, and, and all that's, the you know, NFL type receivers and the tight end too. Right, and I'm just saying that as an immediate, you know, plug in. And all of a sudden, they're right there next year as usual, but with a quarterback. Uh, not to mention, get you know, obviously getting a highly, highly touted recruit. Uh, if I was a top quarterback in high school, I'd be salivating to go to LSU and become the guy they've been waiting for for seemingly forever. I mean, what a wonderful thing that would be uh, to an 18-year-old, I would think. You'd be a, a hero in the whole state instantly if you became a big-time quarterback like you know, which there are so many. Uh, it's just a weird thing. It's like their Achilles heel for some reason. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I quite understand that all these years they can't have the marriage of, a, of an outstanding quarterback and an outstanding offensive coordinator coach. Right. Quarterback coach. Crazy. Crazy. Well, AP, we're down to two minutes, and I just want to quickly talk Heisman. Uh, Lamar Jackson lost his two last two games badly he did not play well uh you know had some okay statistics but what do you think you're a heisman voter what are your thoughts uh not that i'm asking you to reveal your vote but lamar jackson was handed the heisman in september it felt like but right now it's not looking that good i don't think yeah that seems to be the the standard john somebody jumps out way in front and then near the end of the year they tail off they have some bad losses or in or performances and then they don't lose their position in the uh, you know to be in the race but they lose the, their spot let's say they're if they were number the inside one they're, track. they're dropping they're you know they, they backslide backslide you know so i mean i think mostly this time it's probably quarterbacks that are that are in the running i believe um for this year's heisman I agree, and as we close out, I'd have to say, you know, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts from Alabama, and potentially even uh, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma uh, are suddenly in the mix. So we shall see. That'll be interesting as well. There's always so much to talk about, and I'm glad we covered a lot of it. But AP, thanks as always for your help and your expert perspective, and uh, another big weekend coming up. Enjoy Atlanta in the SEC championship game. Well, thank you, John. It's always my pleasure, and I look forward to it again. Wonderful. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.